Hey everyone, this is Gabby and Karim, and you're listening to the Making of an Incredible MD podcast by Halide to Health. Tune in each week to hear us talk about the journey of getting into med school. From GAMSAT to medical interviews, get the insider scoop from med students who have done it all before. So So stay stay tuned tuned and and get get ready ready to get get med ready. (laughs) Hello everyone and welcome back to the podcast. It's good to be back everyone Uh, and I'd like to start off the podcast with an acknowledgement of country. So I'd like to acknowledge the traditional owners of the land on which we are recording this podcast. We are currently in Yorta Yorta land. We'd like to pay their respects to their elders past, present and emerging and recognise that their sovereignty was never ceded. Thank you for that, Karim. So today's episode is all about Section 3 of the GAMSAT. So we've spoken about Section 1, we've spoken about Section 2, now on to the final worst section of the GAMSAT. Or arguably one of the best, uh, <laughs> depending on how you view it. So yeah, this is part 3 of a three-part series, obviously, um, <laughs> where we talk about the GAMSAT and we break down you know, how to approach it, how to study for it. Um, yeah, but we'll start off with our experience with Section 3 and how we actually went. So, Gabby, do you want to start us off? Yeah, well, if you hadn't noticed, I hate Section 3. Um, well, you know, I've come to just appreciate it now, but that's probably because I'm not studying for the GAMSAT myself anymore. Um, but it really was my weakest section and, to be honest, was part of the reason why I had zero confidence into getting into med. Um, because the first time I sat my GAM sat when I was in second year of my undergraduate degree, um, I actually got 49, um, on section three. So below out of a hundred, is it out of a hundred? It is out of a hundred. Okay. <laughs> All right. So I, but it's not a percentage as well. No, no, but I don't really know how they do the marks actually. Yeah. No one knows. Yeah. It's all secret. It's all a mystery. But anyway, you have to get above 50, yeah. like to every uni requires you to get above 50 across each section to even be considered. Yeah. So 50 is the absolute minimum that I was aiming for. Um, and getting 49 being so close yet so far, but still just, it was a real kick in the guts, I think, um, at that stage of my study. And I, I thought I didn't do well, but I didn't think I did that badly um but you know in the end it was fine I sat the GAMSAT again and got a good enough score to get into um medicine but I did get into the medicine at the University of Melbourne who luckily for me do not double weight section three um unlike all other universities um well let's address that really quickly so mm. um a lot of universities will double weight section three which means that when they're adding up the scores Mm. um for your overall GAMSAT score they'll consider section one and section two um with one part and then the section three score will be multiplied by two and then all divided by four essentially so there's a greater weighting for the section three component of it Mm, um mm. so it's a real advantage if you can do well in section three um because it will help sort of carry out the other two sections if you're not as good at them and I think the reason why the University of Melbourne chose not to double weight Section 3 was because they had scientific prerequisites, like certain subjects that you needed to have done in your undergraduate degree to be considered for medicine at the University of Melbourne. I think that is the reason behind it. That might be changing now, not sure. But anyway, it was great for me that they didn't double weight it because Section 1 and 2 were much stronger for me than Section 3. Um, but yeah, a lot of my study for my second GAMSAT sitting was focused on section three, um, because I struggled so much with it. And I actually quite like having these conversations with students because, um, I feel like a lot of the time 
tutors can automatically be just like sort of good at something so it can then be like hard to relate as a student tutor um to them if they were automatically good at it and they're tutoring you for that i don't tutor section three but i do talk to students about section three just because um you know to give them some perspective on how i tackled it as my weakness but also um hopefully showing that there may be a light at the end of the tunnel <laughs> the long long dark scary tunnel of section three <laughs> I didn't what about find you it. yeah i didn't i didn't, <laughs> I didn't find it too bad <laughs> classic um, yeah it was probably the section i studied for the least but it ended up being the one i did the best in oh, that's um, so annoying i hate you so much yeah no um but it's just i mean it's uh <laughs> I had a physics and math background yeah. from high school, even into uni and my undergraduate. So, like, that component of, like, the math, which is probably what a lot of people don't like about Section 3, like, yeah. that was fine for me. Mm. Um, so, I didn't have much trouble with that. Like, where I really struggled, though, was the chemistry component of it. So, yeah. we'll talk about this a bit more, but Section 3 is made up of three different parts, like biochemistry and physics. Um and the second, I mean, the stems now tend to sort of combine a bit, but I guess for me, like, chemistry was, was a real struggle. So I did have to study a bit for that, and mm. um, I didn't have much of a chemistry background, so it was all really new stuff to me. And I feel like your math background just gave you the ability to be able to problem solve mm. as well, which is such a big thing for Section 3. Mm. And I think if you don't have those sort of skills on you know, how to approach tricky questions and things like that. It can make it harder, which I definitely didn't have those skills. Um, all that I had was from what I had from my undergrad, um, which is, you know, enough, but not enough at the same time. <laughs> yeah. So let's talk a bit about Section 3, what it actually is, structure and timing. Um, so it's made up of 75 questions. So you have to complete them in 150 minutes with eight minutes reading time. So... 142 minutes of writing time or answering time, I suppose. Has that changed, that structure? No, that's the same. That's the that's most the, recent. That's the most recent structure. So you actually get about two minutes a question, which is actually that's really good. That's than, not what we had. No, we had 110 questions. In 180 minutes, yeah. I think. Yeah. Um, which was ridiculous. It was also yeah. like the longest section and it was at the end and it was like already two o'clock at that stage and you ended up leaving the because all of this was in person back when we did it um mm. not online or anything so you ended up leaving the venue by like 6 p.m and you were just dead but anyway um every question that you'll get is multiple choice which is really good because you know that the correct answer is in there somewhere uh, and even if you don't know you can just have a guess uh and essentially the structure of it is that you're given a stem so it'll be a scientific stem as we mentioned it'll be either bio chem or physics mm. but I think a lot of students are reporting nowadays you actually might get a bit of a mix between mm. the different sections. So it might be like biochem, biophysics, and so on, or physics chem. Mm. Um, Which sounds scary, but it, does that mean it's a harder question if they've no, done that? No, it's a, all, of the, all of the STEMs are designed so that you only need a certain amount of prerequisite knowledge to be able to interpret the STEM. 
but everything required to actually answer the question should be given to you in the step. It's all new information, but it's new to everyone, unless that mm. person happened to have studied that really specific niche topic mm. previously. Mm. Right. Sorry, we should have said in the beginning as well, Karim is head of section three at Halide, um, hence why I'm going to ask him most of the questions and he will provide most <laughs> of the info, and I'll just be here as sort of, I think, a student perspective, I would be. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> so what's the point of Section 3, Karim? Why does it exist in the GAMSAT? So as a doctor or a physician, dentist, you're going to need to be able to absorb information really quickly because you get a lot of information thrown at you in medical school or dental school. So it's really important that you develop the skill of being able to interpret data really quickly and efficiently. And that's essentially what Section 3 is, is you're being thrown a lot of information at you, lots of different stems, lots of different types of new puzzles and things that you have to interpret, and you have to make a reasonable logical inferences and interpretations based on those scientific stems. Mm -hmm. It's a really challenging skill, but it's definitely a skill worth developing because you use it a lot throughout your uh, study, and so it's, I think that's the reason why they test it. Now, you might argue, like, you know, if I want to go into medical school, why do I need to know about physics? Like, why do I need this, like, physics background? And honestly, like, I think there is a fair argument there. Would you agree? Like, do you really need to know that much about physics? Um, like, I think you could probably get by, mm. um, but I also think it's about just being able to problem solve yeah. and how you digest big chunks of information that is really convoluted and confusing yeah. and how to work with that in a problem. But there definitely is aspects of biochem, physics, math, it all in medicine. Yeah, so absolutely. it is good to have a foundation in those. Yeah. 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 And, you know, Perhaps, like, um, forces and Newton's laws don't come up with that much <laughs> in medicine. Uh, Patients talk about it all the time. <laughs> <laughs> if they ever do. But, um, you know, it's just a, it's a test that's in place at the moment. And I mm. guess, like, mm. a big part of medicine is they make you jump through a lot of hoops. And this is just another hoop you have to jump through. Yeah. yeah. Um, to get into medical school. Yeah. And I think, like... It seems really unachievable, Section 3, especially if you've set the game set before and not got an ideal mark. Um, it can just seem really overwhelming because, you know, having to study for bio, chem, physics, math, organic chem versus non-organic chem. I don't even know what the other one is. Yeah, I think it is. Inorganic? Well. I don't Inorganic, know. Yeah. Whatever. Structural chemistry. Structural chemistry. <laughs> like there's so many different things, especially if you didn't do it in high school as well. Um, it can seem like you have to catch up on like three or four years. I think the so. hardest bit would be being like a non-scientific background mm -hmm. and then being faced with like this overwhelming, like I don't even know what a force is, for example, yeah. going into section three. Yeah. That and can be really overwhelming. And they do say that you should have a background of what is it? Year 12 physics. Yeah. So we can talk about this. So yeah. the recommendation that they make in the GAMSAT booklet, which is produced by ACER, ACER run the GAMSAT, as many of you probably know. Uh, the recommendation is that you should have year 12 physics knowledge, undergraduate knowledge of bio biology, Mm -hmm. um, and a first-year undergraduate knowledge of chemistry. And do you agree with that? Um, no, because, like, so many people I know did, you know, um, arts degrees, 
did a little bit of like science prerequisites and like managed to get by. Um, so many people, like I didn't do chemistry in first year. Mm. Maybe that's why I struggled the most with chemistry. <laughs> Maybe. Um, so yeah, like it's just, it depends. I don't think you have to have done them. I think like you can come from any point, do the required study that you'll need to do and, and manage to catch up. Yeah, I think like that's just, that's just a blanket term because it's easy to say that and um, that be sort of like a target then, for people to go to. And then you can't complain. Yeah. That's what they're looking for, really. <laughs> they, don't, they just don't want anyone to complain that About it's it being too, too hard. hard. Yeah. Or they like, you know, I didn't know this. And they'll be like, oh, here are the pre-request knowledge that you need to have. Yeah. Anyway, so. And, but I guess it is a good, out like, I see the positive in it because it is a good outline for people as, like, a vague sort of um, uh, outline of what they might want to cover in their study. However... I don't recommend, like, getting a Year 12 physics book out no, and, like, learning it or anything like that. I think definitely take that advice with a grain of salt. Use it as a recommendation. But I definitely – I didn't do Year 12 physics. Um, I did Year 12 bio and chem um, and obviously biomed. So I don't know if that counts as, you know, bio or chem first year undergraduate level. But I definitely didn't have any exposure of physics since, like, Year 9 or something – and I was still able to get by with just, you know, a little bit of extra work, but I didn't get a year 12 textbook out or anything like that and no. work through it. No, definitely not. And like, we're definitely not recommending that. No. Um, we'll go into study tips in a second, but I think you really need to balance your study in the game site. You got three different sections to study for. Mm -hmm. um, and section three is just another one of them. Um, and you need to like utilize your time appropriately. Yeah. Otherwise, you'll just get overwhelmed and you'll probably study stuff that won't come up. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So in terms of that study tips, I think, you know, the biggest thing and something that we've said with all three sections is practice, 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 but not just practice. My favorite saying, perfect practice makes perfect. <laughs> <laughs> so making sure that, you know, you're practicing with lots of different STEM types. You're not just practicing like the one thing. Make sure you focus on your weaknesses, but also enhance your strengths at the same time. Look at different types of bio STEMs, for example, like really long wordy STEMs versus, you know, maybe a graph interpretation, maybe a biochem, um, maybe a biophysics. And then looking at different things um, like different STEM types. So what they're is diagrams, graphs, written. What else is there, Karim? I can't even remember. And then, like, chemistry ones. So, like, yeah. structural chemistry, like, pattern recognition. Yep. A lot of pattern recognition. Um, yep. They're probably the major ones. Like, yeah. there's a few other ones. Like and there's ones that will, like, combine things. So, say mm -hmm. you'll have, like, a bit of text, and then you'll have a graph and a diagram. Mm -hmm. um, and you might have to interpret the whole lot all together. Yeah. Uh, and so, that's why... When we talk about our intensives at Halad, which go into teaching uh, how to approach the GAMSAT, we always talk about a skills-based approach. Mm. So really you're trying to develop your interpretation skills in particular and your problem-solving skills um, in addressing these question types because there is no point going and learning about, um, you know, some really niche physics concept that might never come up if you don't have the skills to tackle another niche physics thing that comes up that you have never seen before. Um, yeah. So it's about, yeah, addressing things you've never seen before, learning really quickly, problem-solving skills, um, and just building those skills up. 
and being able to not freak out if yeah. you get some really convoluted you know text which is the same in all three sections really yeah. um being able to expose yourself enough to the different resources and different things that might come up so that whatever you get on the day um won't freak you out yeah but Karim, if someone um, you know is isn't from a science background or is really struggling with you know the sciences, um, we talk about like getting back to the basics. But this is a really hard thing to balance, as we've already mentioned. Um, so, any advice on that? Yeah. So a lot of time we talk to students um, about potentially doing like uh, a course that will help them catch up on some of the relevant skills. So at Halad, we run a Head Starter course, which we usually run prior to the game start. So mm -hmm. one or two months prior to the game start. So they usually happen in January and I want to say like August or July. For the September For the sitting. September sitting. Yep. Uh, and basically, we just run through, you know, how to um, approach all the basic knowledge that you need to have for, like, Section 3, but also for Section 1 and 2, um, just so that you're going in there with enough um, knowledge that you feel like you're not out of depth with everyone else who might have mm. come from a scientific background. Mm. So that's one option, so doing a course. And you can do the Head Starter course, even if you are from a scientific background. Like, I think it would have been useful for me to do just mm. to you know, get my confidence up, if anything else, um, and also to help with things like physics and math, which I, you know, hadn't touched in quite a while. Yeah. Um, and then the other thing is uh, if you are someone who, like, really struggles but you don't want to do a course, you could um, go through some practice exams and figure out where it is that you struggle. So this is but talking about using reflection in your study, which yeah. is something I recommend that you do anyway. But it's reflecting enough so that you know, okay, this topic about, say, forces, which comes up in physics all the time, I do need to have some basic knowledge about that because just because it comes up all the time. Or, yeah. um, you know, acids and bases in chemistry, like that comes up fairly regularly, so it'd be really good if I had some background knowledge that I can rely on if it does come up. Um, I think that's a really good tip. Uh, I think I'd give that tip to anyone who's really struggling with Section 3s figure out what questions come up or what topics come up again and again. And then I think those topics are worth having a little bit of knowledge about. So if they do come up, you're not too overwhelmed. For example, I really struggled with graphs, you know, not your standard graphs, but you know, like the three, the three graphs, three yeah, axes. Three graphs. axes. Yeah. I really, really struggled with that. I just couldn't wrap my head around it. So I looked up um, different YouTube videos and used Khan Academy to help guide my sort of understanding of that. And for me, that was worthwhile because it was, you know, it was skill-based, but then also whatever topic came up that was sort of presented in this graph-like format, I felt more comfortable. Um, so I, yeah, I definitely recommend doing that. As well as timing. Timing's really hard in Section 3, but as we've discovered, it's a bit better this time around, but still a hurdle for a lot of students. So making sure you have timed practice. So doing these mock exams and these practice question sets to time um, and really trying to mimic the exam environment as much as you can because it is the last leg of the exam. So you're going to be tired. Now it's in person again from what we've heard mm -hmm. with all three sections on the one day. You're going to experience the same sort of hurdles of fatigue um, and post-lunch drowsiness 
as well, which is really hard. So practicing doing section three when fatigued as well, I think is really important. Yeah, definitely a really good tip. And yeah, just as Gabby mentioned, using lots of resources like Khan Academy, YouTube videos, etc. They're really useful for figuring out what you do and don't know and what you need to practice on. Um, the other thing that's really useful is doing lots of practice questions. So the Acer practice questions are really good, obviously, just because they most closely mimic the actual game site. Yeah. And I recommend leaving those questions till right before um, you see the game site. Uh, mock exams, so you can find those everywhere, but we really highly recommend our ones, obviously. So they're made by... Um, GameSat Section 3 tutors, all of whom are medical students. Um, so they've sat the GameSat before. They know what it's like. They've designed Section 3 stems to really mimic the mock exams as much as possible. Um, so they're a really good, accurate reflection of them. Uh, and then, you know, just other courses like our intensives, they'll have practice questions in there as well. Yeah, absolutely. And we also have free events like our mini mocks and things like that. So keep an eye on our Facebook page for that. But if you have missed them this season, you can check out our YouTube because they have recordings of all of our events there and you can see which questions we went through and the tutors run through um, some explanations for them as well. But in terms of myths for Section 3, I feel like we've myth-busted throughout this entire episode. But the main sort of ones that I really want to highlight is um, that this myth that you have to be from a science background to do well, definitely not true. We know people who are not from science background that were still able to do well by having really reflective, focused, effective study. Again, study smarter, not harder. And then alternatively, if you are from a science background, you will automatically do well without study. Obviously, some people, that is the case for them. But for example, me, I technically did come from a science background, being a biomed undergrad. Um, but the first time I sat the GAMSAT with a little bit of study, I didn't do no study. Um, I didn't do well. So don't just rely on your science background. It is a lot of problem solving and it is it's not just like the exams that you get in undergrad, the science exams. It's nothing it's like so that. It's so weird. Yeah. yeah. It's not about what you know. It's about how you work through problems. Exactly. It really is. It really is a test of skills, not yeah. so much a test of knowledge. And that's the other um, sort of myth that we thought it tests assumed knowledge. Or that you have to memorize formulas. Really big myths. Definitely not. Like, mm. It's, mm. it's all about... It's all about how you approach the exam and, and the skills that you develop in the process of studying. All the information you need to answer the question is on that page. You just need to figure out how to find that information. Uh, or even just getting good at like eliminating the options that you think are just completely wrong and mm, then just maximizing because mm. yeah, the answer is on there. It's one yeah. of the MCQs. That's, yeah. that's the beauty of an MCQ. It's one of the... One of the options is right. Yeah, yeah exactly. you got to just yeah. figure out which one it is. And it might come down to just like... I remember one question I did, it was like a math or a physics question, but all four answer options were the same like numbers, but the decimal place was just in a different spot. So I just had to figure out which spot was correct <laughs> for the decimal place. And I would, I was just thinking, right, what would make the decimal point be here? What would make the decimal point be there? Like times by a hundred, divide by a hundred, what? And then I worked backwards from that. So like, that required no prior knowledge, I guess, except for, like, knowing numbers. Knowing how to divide and multiply. Yeah. So maybe there is a little bit of assumed knowledge, but, like, all of the information was on that page. You just need to really... 
be able to sift through it, find out what's important um, and sort of put your blinders on as well to not get confused or distracted by anything else on the page. Aside from that, I think that's pretty much it for everything in the GANSAT. Mm. Um, I'm sure people will have more questions. If you want to reach out to us, definitely feel free to uh, mm. email the hard page, info at hardtohealth.org. And our personal emails are in the show notes as well. Um, but yeah, hopefully you enjoyed this mini-series, just breaking down the different sections. Um, we were surprised we hadn't done this before, so hopefully it is helpful for everyone. Um, and we can revisit it at a later date if we've missed things, but we just really wanted to focus on the high-yield crux of everything to try and just put your minds at ease and help you um, plan your study. And the GAMSAT is just around the corner now, actually. Yeah. So, um... Not soon. We're recording this on uh, Feb 27, <laughs> 2022. <laughs> 2022. <laughs> so, good luck to everyone that's sitting the GAMSAT um, yeah, in March 2022. Yeah, in the future. But <laughs> specifically <laughs> for March 2022, because that's coming up. Um, you know, stay focused. Try not to burn out in the last couple of weeks of study because that's such a common thing and that's the worst thing you can do for your performance. So um, make sure you're taking breaks and, and back yourself. Mm, stay hydrated. <laughs> yeah, stay hydrated. <laughs> Always stay hydrated. Thank you, everyone. Hope you enjoyed this episode and um, this mini-series. We'll see you next time. All right. Bye, everyone. Thank you for listening to the Making of an Incredible MD podcast by Halide to Health. Please like, share, and subscribe to help spread the word about our podcast. And we'd love to hear your feedback. So send us an email or message on Facebook. All of our links are in the show notes. Thanks. We'll see you next time.